0: Uh, Molly, we have a new thing to add to Lauren's uh, beginning.
1: Ooh, I like it. Little titles. I know, I think about doing new things, and I don't know oh, you, you guys well enough to add new stuff.
0: Lauren is currently uh, number five in the world for axe throwing. What? Do tell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I go into the axe app, and it
1: sure. i number Just five. Just like Cole enters his golf scores every time he golfs. I Yes, okay.
2: Doesn't mean it's going to last, but as of this week, number five.
1: Amazing.
0: Out of how many?
2: 2,600 something. No, 2,960. Mm. Almost 3,000.
0: Let's talk about it.
1: Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. Today's podcast is all about FAQs. FWOX. FWOX. Can we call them <laughs> Where's the W
2: coming in? Did oh, you yeah, flocks?
1: you're right. <laughs> fat, fat, facts? No, I want to do something with the Q. What, what Q makes Q close sound? I, I need my kindergartner in here. If he sees, now he's learning to read, so if he sees like three letters, so let's see, it's how it'll be. K-A-T. But he can't get the word. He's so close. He's like, so fa- facts. It's just facts, isn't it? F-A-Qs? FWOCKs?
2: You can put an A on it, like, fuck. F- <laughs> There's no W. Well, in case
1: you haven't figured out by my sweet intro, we're doing frequently asked questions here at Merkle Retirement Planning. And I'm guessing that the questions that we get asked frequently here are the questions that are on your mind if you're a pre retiree or even a retiree. So today we will answer those flocks for you right here on the Merkle Retirement. Or right here
2: on oh, retirement Where Today. are we anyway? <laughs> I'm here. It's like the Twilight Zone right now.
1: But first, you've got to know who's going to be answering those questions for you. And I'm so happy to report that I've learned some breaking news about Lauren Merkel, Certified Financial Planner. Oh Lauren, you're throwing axes. It's something you took up in the last, what, year or so? Yeah. And not only are you throwing axes, you're throwing them with a high level of accuracy. I'm getting better. Congratulations. Thank you. So, uh, kind of like when my husband goes out and golfs, he enters his score into this app and they keep his handicap. You enter your axe throwing score into some kind of app and then you get ranked. Well, it's not,
2: it's not really ranking, but it's where I'm at right now in this season.
1: Okay. So, where are you at right now in this season? Number five. That is amazing. So, number five, five out five. of th- thousands of axe throwers.
2: Yeah. So, so, I'm definitely not the number five best axe thrower in the world i was gonna but go with that right but now this week right <laughs> in this <five>. moment
1: <laughs> as we record your number five that is something to be proud of so tell us how axe throwing scoring works how many axes do you throw as a round so i'm curious about all this well this is
2: waddle so it's world axe throwing league watl because okay. there's different leagues so in this league the the bullseye which is about a four inch circle is worth six points and the rings on the outside of the bullseye go down to four points, three points, one point. And then the blue dot, which is a one-and-a-half-inch circle, and they have two of them that you can throw on your fifth throw and 10th throw. So each round is 10 throws. You can throw with the blue dot on your fifth and 10th throw, and those are each worth eight points. If you miss the blue dot, you get zero points. So it's all or nothing. Ah. And then they add up the score after the 10 throws, and that's your score.
1: Excellent. Congratulations!
2: Exciting, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's fun. I it know is it's fun. one of your hobbies something yeah, like throw, to you do.
2: I throw about every week. It's it's good. To, Jace Jace loves it. Your daughter she, is yeah. your big fan. So for, Does she throw as well. She, she's been in. So she's this is her second season. Her first season. So this is going on for about four months. She's always during league. She's always wanted to hit the blue dot. That's all she'll talk about. And she's when, seven years old, by the seven.
1: way. I, I, I love Jace's at gun shows with dad. They're out hunting. They're fishing.
2: She's throwing <laughs> axes. It's awesome. Yeah, testing so, batteries. So, ba- testing batteries. Yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> you, you missed that one yesterday, Molly. Um, but so, so when you hit the blue dot during, during league competition, you get a blue button. So she, just, she wants this blue dot. So every time, she'll throw at that blue dot on the 10th row. And lot, this last week, she hit it Twice. Out of four, I bet she was fifty percent. I mean, oh. that is a hard dot to Good hit. Good for her. Most of the time, I wouldn't even go for it. I'll just go for the six every time. She goes for it. Two out of two out of four. This last leg, she was so excited, and, and the place just erupted. So oh, everybody, everybody was, was pumped up, it. it was pretty. It was pretty cool.
1: That's fun. Rochelle, can you top the fifth in the universe on axe throwing? Anything? Nope. All right. <clears throat> sorry. (laughs) You know what? That's okay. You've got a lot of great skills. You're the producer of this podcast and you are in charge of finding us really fun stuff to talk about because retirement is fun. Retirement is the the 30-year vacation you've been working so hard for. So Rochelle found us
0: something really fun in today's headlines. Tell us about it, Rochelle. Okay. So the article title is what really stood out to me. Um, Also this adorable photo. (laughs) on the website uh, where you can click on the link and look at it uh, so it's retiree decides to spend rest of life at holiday Inn since it's cheaper than a senior home great headline good journalism there good job taking
1: this Facebook post and really turning this into something that that people are talking about so remind me what's the seniors name what let's give him a name let's just just call this guy terry terry okay so here's the story terry 64 years old ready to retire i kind of checked his facebook page It looks like he's done dabbled in a lot of different things some some video producing some mm-hmm. some other uh you know i don't think he's got like one of those careers where like he was a teacher i mean he's done a lot of different things okay so he's 64 he wants to retire trying to figure out lauren where to live so he decides to stay at a holiday and with the senior discount he can stay for 60 bucks a day Now, remember, this includes, they got a pool, they got a gym. You're getting your, he talked about the shampoo, the soap is included. You know, you can get a razor from the front desk. Or he could go stay at a senior home for $188 a day. Terry says he might be living at a Holiday Inn for the rest of his life.
2: As you read the article, you could tell that he's put some work into this. He's put some time and effort into calculating these costs because he had these costs down to the dollar. If he, if you annualize that out, he had it down to the dollar. And one of the things I thought was funny or interesting is that he said if, if he was comparing the senior home to the Holiday Inn as far as when you get hurt, he goes, in the senior home, you, you, you fall down, you break a hip, they'll help you in the holiday and you fall down and break the hip they're going to call the ambulance for you and then they're going to upgrade you to a suite for the rest of your life i'm like did terry pre-negotiate that or like did terry's, he, yeah terry's or is got he some living friends in a suite right now because he right. already fell and broke his hip
1: terry's got friends at the holiday and he stays at he said five dollar tip and people will help you out i mean he's 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 done this research yeah,
2: i think he said five dollar tip and people will treat you like a king. Is, is pretty much what he was trying to get at, which was, which is pretty cool. So, you know, I've heard about this before, but it was on a cruise ship. So it's people were talking about, you can just go on a cruise ship because everything's all inclusive, right? So you can, and, and I saw a commercial this morning for a 111 day cruise, basically around the world, 23 different countries. And the, the starting price on that is about 23,000. So you think about, pretty much half the year, $23,000, all your food, all your drink, your accommodations, all of that included, that is certainly significantly significantly cheaper than a senior home as well.
1: Because senior homes, a big range, because we know that... Uh retirees or pre-retirees have a lot of choices, right? You can do the active living lifestyle all the way up into where there's medical professionals on staff, but anywhere from what, $65,000 a year?
2: Well, it really depends. If you're talking about assisted living, you have some medical staff on, on, on site. It's, you know, somewhere between 4,000, maybe upwards to eight to $10,000 a month. Uh, if you're looking at a home that you can kind of transition your way into, so you go into it perfectly in good, good health, good condition, but as you age and as your health deteriorates, you can get uh, accelerated levels of care. You know, those homes can cost you a lump sum buy-in of $200,000, $300,000 plus, plus you have a monthly fee of, call it 2000 $3,000 a month just for all the activities and the, the, the healthcare costs and all of that. So there is a, a wide range of costs depending upon what you're really looking for but all of it is more expensive than what we're talking about here.
1: Yeah, and Terry said, you know, I don't have to stay at one Holiday Inn. I can move around. So he obviously has found for him this works, but we know that it's not probably realistic for most people to live at a Holiday Inn. But Lauren, when you're sitting down with people and you're talking about, you know, their retirement dream, their retirement goal, they they definitely probably really think of housing uh, as one one of the pieces of that conversation.
2: Yeah, and for us, we don't care what their dream is. It's their dream right? It's, it's theirs. And, and the fun part about what we do is we help them live those dreams, right? We help them accomplish from a financial perspective and a confidence perspective of how are they going to actually be able to fulfill and live out these dreams that they have. So if, it, if it's somebody like Terry, who he wants to live at a Holiday Inn and, and have access to a pool and the, the free buffet in the morning you know, all the best to them. Let's figure out a way to make that happen within the overall retirement plan. If it's a around the world cruise for half the year, let's, let's make it happen. You know, we've had some, some people who uh, just kind of, kind of sporadically decided, changed, changed gears a little bit in retirement, mid retirement and decided, Hey, let's go on a a, a cruise, a, a river cruise in Europe and be gone for three months in Europe, right? That was one of the dreams that, that she didn't even know she had. She just kind of developed a passion for that and, and decided to make it happen. So we had to change the plan. It doesn't matter what the dreams are, they're their dreams. It's our job to help them fulfill those dreams in the best way possible.
1: Okay, it's time for facts. F- Fox, Fuchs, Facts. Frequently Asked Questions here at Merkel Retirement Planning. And Lauren, you know what I wanna know? I wanna know, you tell me right now, how much money do I need to save? You need a lot. <laughs> I knew you were going (laughs) to say that, Lauren. I want to know when you need to
2: start. You tell Mm -hmm. me the penny
1: amount that Cole and I need to save so that then we can go travel the world, see all the things we haven't gotten to see. And do it, I don't know, maybe at about, I don't know, age 55 or so. Well, I'm still super (laughs) duper healthy.
2: (laughs) Okay, go. That seems seems pretty challenging, but that's in essence what we do. That's in essence what we do every day for the families that we work with is help them identify what do they need to save, when do they need to start saving, when can they stop saving, and when can they transition to the spending to do what it is that they want to do. And that's all a part of this plan that we talk about every single week on the podcast, in the TV show, in the classes that we teach. The retirement plan is what helps you identify how are you going to be able to accomplish what you're trying to do.
1: So, is the real frequently asked question that you get, Lauren, you and the team get here, is it how much do I need, or is it do I have enough? And really, obviously, those are very similar questions. But I know we hear these numbers like a million will do it, or
0: five million, uh, yeah, or
1: one point five. You know, and then uh, as someone who's you know actively saving for retirement, I look at that and go, geez, what what number do I need? And, you know?
2: And it, yeah. And it seems like that number changes all the time. I, I just read an article last, uh, probably a couple weeks ago. It said 2 million is the number. And I'm thinking the whole time, how do you come up with that type of number? And let's, let's just throw out the example. Let's, Rochelle, you said 5 million. Yeah. Well, let's say you have $5 million and your lifestyle requires you to spend $500,000 a year. Is that $5 million going to be enough? Not gonna it's less an you very enormous long. Yeah. amount of money. And for most people, it might work. But if you're spending $500,000 a year, it's probably not going to last throughout your retirement. But if you have $500,000 and you only need to withdraw $1,000 a month from that portfolio to do what you're trying to do, that portfolio will last. And that's why these retirement plans should be customized to what it is your life looks like, what it is from a resource standpoint that you have to figure out how you're going to make whatever it is that you have last for the rest of your life.
1: And I think you told me one time that the average amount that people have saved realistically is clo- is a lot less than than a million dollars.
2: Yeah, there's a study I saw not long ago said $75,000 is what, what people, retirees, have saved for retirement on average.
1: And do they make it work? I mean, clearly, obviously, the biggest fear is running out of money. Nobody wants to do that. But I mean, I don't think 75000 would probably be maybe the number you would recommend for someone, but... If you have 75000 I guess, can you make it work?
2: If you're 65, you have $75,000, you have uh, Social Security payments, maybe you're married, you have two Social Security payments, and maybe you throw in a pension if you're really lucky. I mean, they, they have no choice but to make that work. It's not like we have a money tree where money's just dripping off, uh, falling from the, the, the tree the tree in, in the fall. Right? So we have to make that work. And even for those who have $75,000, Social Security may be a pension. That plan is, is probably even more important to make sure that whatever resource they have lasts, lasts them.
1: Yeah. They use it to the best, the best way they can, uh, to get them to and through retirement. So, so do I have enough money? Do you sit down with families and kind of look at, again, you have to match up so many factors, right? It's not just like some, some number that you can put together. You have to match up the pensions, the social securities, the lifestyle, the health. Do you sit down with people sometimes look at all these things and go, Nope, you don't have enough. Let's let's work a couple more years or is it you don't have enough let's change let's talk about the goals and see if we can match them up with what you have
2: part part of our job is not to give or not to paint a rosy picture we have to paint a realistic picture because if if the, if, the only way that they can really truly with confidence accomplish what they're trying to do is, to, is for us to tell them the truth. So if the truth is you do not have enough and here's some changes you need to make to your current lifestyle, to your savings pattern, to what you predict or what, what you foresee your future lifestyle looking like, then that's our job to tell them that. So part of it is providing the analysis of here's where you're at. Here's where you say you want to be. Does that make sense or do we need to make some changes along the way? And some, sometimes people know it. In fact, a lot of times people are very familiar with what their situation is. This one guy came to us. He was 50 years old. He had nothing saved. Uh, he went through a, a, a broken business. I mean, there's some hard times. People go through hard times. That happens. It wasn't because he wasn't trying. It's just life happens. So he had nothing saved. So our job was, and he knew we couldn't retire. He knew he couldn't retire at 60 or 62. But our job was, let's put together the next 20-year plan so at age 70 you can retire, and you can retire with confidence and live whatever time you have left uh, in, in, in the way that he wants to live. And so we put together a plan, a savings plan, and a spending plan that said by the time he was 70, he could have a million-dollar portfolio. He had Social Security, no pension, but the Social Security and the million-dollar portfolio would carry him through remaining through part of his retirement.
1: And that probably answers another frequently asked question, which would be, is it too late to start saving for retirement?
2: Yeah, and, and a lot of times it's not. I mean, this gentleman came in and he was he was not in a great mood. He was not feeling good about where where he was at in his life from a saving standpoint. But after he saw the plan and he saw actionable items that he could take to control what his retirement looked like, I mean he, he walked out of there very elated. He was extremely happy with the with the plan and he was energized and motivated to make it happen. And ultimately that's what has to happen is is we can we can provide the plan, we can provide the details and in the instruction, but then the individuals have to go out and execute on that plan.
1: Okay, Rochelle, another one of the frequently asked questions we get here at Merkel
2: Retirement Planning is,
0: how do I know if my investments are working to prepare me for
2: retirement? That goes into the planning as well, and what we do is we use technology. So we use technology to do the analysis, say, here's the different types of investments you have. Here's how much risk you're taking with these investments. When things get really ugly in the market, here's how much you would lose approximately. Yeah, I mean, it's a program. It's not guaranteed, but it's intended to give us a direction of how the portfolio would react given certain market conditions. So in a really good market, here's what we would anticipate making. In a really bad market, here's what we'd anticipate losing. Does that jive with what their retirement plan? says from all the other aspects? And does it jive with what they're trying to accomplish? So just by looking at a portfolio, it's very hard to identify, is it invested the right way? But by using technology and really breaking it down and, and determining the risk characteristics of the portfolio, it becomes much easier.
1: Social security. I bet you get a lot of questions about this. And is that number one question kind of when to take it?
2: You might have up to 81 different options, and that's probably the hardest part about Social Security is you have so many different options, and it becomes very daunting. It becomes very overwhelming to determine, of all those options, which one is the best one, and then you read all these different articles, and some articles say you should take it at 62 right away, or you should wait until 70 as long as you can because you get the 8% guarantee from full retirement age all the way up to 70, so that noise makes it very confusing and difficult as well. And again, this is where we come back to the technology. So we use technology to break down the 81 different options you may have into a more manageable subset to determine these different choices will impact your retirement income short-term and long-term like this. And, you can, and then again, it becomes very clear on which option is the best option for you. Once you put it into those terms, you break it down and then put it into the plan. One of the biggest mistakes we see with Social Security is people are really, really tempted to look at Social Security all by itself, and then not consider the pension, not consider the investable resources, not considering the tax planning strategies, and they make a siloed decision with Social Security, which more times than not ends up not being the best decision they could make with Social Security. So it all needs to be integrated together.
1: Remind me, too, on Social Security, when you take that income, is that 100% taxable income or some portions of it based on a
2: formula? Up to 85% of it is subject to federal tax. Okay. So in the state of Iowa, it's not taxable at all. And there's other states, many other states, that it's not taxable at all. But on a federal level, 0% of it could be subject to tax based on your income or up to 85% in the maximum.
1: The next frequently asked question we kind of alluded to, but I think there's some more specific strategy stuff you can talk about here, Lauren. Um, How much should I be saving and where should I be saving that or where's the best, you know, to put my investments? And I think we have to talk about the employer plan if you're so fortunate to have one, uh, which what, about 50% of workers have an employer-sponsored plan?
2: Yeah, it's not nearly enough. The employer-sponsored plan is really a godsend for, for retirement or for retirees because it is so easy to save and compare to the other options. Number one is, is with technological advances, a lot of employers have set the contributions to be up automatic, meaning that automatically comes out of your paycheck before you get it. You don't really even see it. And it, there can be automatic increases on those contributions as well. So every year it can go up by 1%, 2%, 3% automatically, which takes the, the choice really out of it. You don't have to think about it. And if you think about it, you're, you're thinking about all the money that you don't have, but really, at the end of the day, most people don't notice it.
1: That first job I had out of college, guys, about a long time ago, I made twenty one thousand bucks, and I remember my dad said, "Put that three percent in," and I was like, "Dad," you know, and it's not much; no, it wasn't it, much. I didn't make much. Like I lived so much by myself. I had a car payment, and I remember thinking, "I cannot." Well, I'm glad I put that little three percent in uh, from my paycheck, and when I left that employment, it was a nice chunk of change that I put into an IRA and. You know, it, back then it seemed like so much, and it, that is great advice. And then obviously as you get closer to retirement and you have more money and you're at the highest wage earning years, to maximize that employer and plan or maybe even uh, look at doing some extra contributions if you're a certain age can be really valuable.
2: Well, right, right now, if you're 50 and above, you can put an additional amount into the 401k plan. So if you're below 50, it's 19,500 if you're 50 or above you can put $26,000 into your 401k plan. So taking advantage of those catch-up contributions can really go a long ways and that was a part of that gentleman's plan. The the 50-year-old that that I was talking about is sure. to take advantage of those catch-up contributions and he, and for him it made sense to put it on the Roth side. So he wasn't putting it on the pre-tax side, he was putting it on the Roth side and what that did is any of the growth that he had when he started when he did retire at 70 and he started taking that money out 100% of that money was his to spend. He didn't have to share in any of that with Uncle Sam. So it increased his spendable income from the same amount of resource. So there's there's all these different things that need to be considered when we're talking about how much, when to get started, and then, and then what does your retirement picture really look like or what's it gonna provide for you?
1: So Lauren, another frequently asked question that you get at Merkle Retirement Planning is kind of what happens when I'm gone? What happens, you know, either when my spouse and I are gone, when I'm gone, my children. So people, what we kind of call here at Michael Retirement Planning, your legacy. Do I need a will? Do I need a trust? What are those conversations like when that, that question comes in?
2: The conversations vary depending upon what their legacy goals are. There's some people that really want to, one of their main goals is to leave a legacy for their kids, their grandkids, uh, sp- specific charities. And then some people, they don't have really specific legacy goals, but when they pass whatever's left over, they want it to go to their family in the most efficient way possible. So within everybody's plan, there should be a legacy part of their plan. And the wills, the trusts, those are a part of the legacy plan. Now, this legacy plan has changed substantially over the last couple of weeks because of the SECURE Act. What we used to be able to do with IRAs, because most people's retirement savings is in an IRA or a 401k plan. So when people pass they used to be able to the beneficiaries used to be able to stretch out those distributions over the entire their entire lifetime which decreases the level of tax that they have to pay to uncle sam based on the secure act now they only have a 10 year period of time and all of the ira money has to be distributed from the ira meaning that the level of tax they paid uncle sam uncle sam's share probably just went up on that so the plans that are that we used to use as of december of 2019 might be substantially different as of January 2020.
1: And when I hear the word trust, I just recall going back to like my days at Drake (laughs) when we'd hear about like friends who had a trust and we're like, oh, that's a rich person. You know, like uh, trust fund babies or, and I was like, trust is not, you know, part of conversations I've had in my family, is that just for the wealthy? Or do you find that maybe even with the secure act now, more people that aren't the ultra wealthy could need a trust?
2: Well, the secure act, what it's going to do is it's going to create the need for legacy planning, tax planning well in advance of, of people passing. Because once, once you pass, the secure act is what the secure act is, the, the position that you're in, is going to be basically, uh, is going to dictate how much money Uncle Sam gets. So the planning has to take well well in advance. The trust, however, uh, don't cost all that much to set up anymore. And so it's, it's not just for trust fund babies or the ultra wealthy. Uh, the, what the trust does over the will is it allows the assets that go through the trust to bypass probate. So in the state of Iowa, if your probatable estate is over $25,000, it is mandatory for your estate to hire an estate or to hire an attorney to settle it. Now the attorney can charge up to 2% and then court costs and other costs might total up about 1%. So anything that goes through probate might have a total cost on it to the estate of about 3%. But if you have a trust, you retitled the name, let's say your of your house into the trust. That's one asset. That's not going through probate. That's one asset that shouldn't be assessed that 3% fee. But it's also a more, a more easily transitioned asset as well because probate in the, in the state of Iowa, the minimum time frame before that asset can go through probate is six months because there has to be two public notices and there has to be time in between. So the trust will make the transition easier, probably more efficient from a time standpoint, should be less costly if it's done correctly. So it's not necessarily for the ultra-wealthy. Uh, the attorney might charge... $1,500, maybe 3000 for a basic trust to set up.
1: Yeah, and I'm just thinking about, you know, recently some people that I know, their parents have passed or the last parent has passed. Even just sometimes the need to sort of, if you're coming in from out of town, um, you know, take care of some things while you're in town. Like, Selling the house, if you had to wait six months and then come back and then draw that whole process out, that that could be cumbersome for the the remaining family members. We have a lot
2: of people coming to us talking about trust, having questions about trust, is a trust right for them, Uh, demanding a trust in some cases because they've had to go through settling their parents' estate. And their parents did not have a trust or it wasn't positioned in a way that makes their assets transfer. And they worked on their their parents' estate for months, in some cases years. And it was just such a daunting task to fulfill. So they come to us and say, hey, I do not want my kids to go through what we just went through settling my parents' estate. What do we need to do that?
1: And also with that SECURE Act and the changes there, we talk about that tax burden for for those that uh – I guess, for lack of a better word, receive your IRA or your 401k when you pass. Do you find that the the concern is more for the people that are passing on the legacy? Or I'm just thinking like if I was going to inherit an IRA or a 401k, I don't, an IRA or a 401k, <laughs> I don't know that I would be so concerned about the tax burden because it feels like just such a kind act by my parent. Does that make sense? I, I'm, I'm thinking like, who's more concerned about this tax? Break? The parents, the, the parents, parents, parents are definitely
2: more concerned. And most of the time the kids don't even know that the secure act exists. They don't understand the ramifications and you're right. This is money they've never had before. In many instances, they didn't even know mom and dad had this much money. So it's a, it's kind of a, a windfall to them and they're grateful for whatever it is they do receive. That's why most of the time the concern is on the parent side because the parents earned that money. They spent a lifetime accumulating that money. It's meaningful to them. And the last thing that they want to see is Uncle Sam come in and wipe out half of it when there's strategies they can put into place to have more of it go to their kids and stay within the family. So the concern is definitely initiated on the parents' uh, front because they're vested. They're vested in that money. It's taken, taken a lifetime of hard work, discipline to save that money, and then ultimately they're, uh, they need it to live on, and then they want to pass on whatever's left over.
1: So Lauren, we've talked a lot about the need for a plan. I think I can see, you know, in numbers how valuable it is to write down and, and and construct a plan. Once you retire, do you find that it's the plan can kind of run itself? Or do you still need to be consulting with a professional What on an annual basis, a monthly basis, twice a year? What's the need look like for the plan once you've retired? That's
2: a very interesting question. There was, there was I was having a conversation with, a, with an advisor at one point and he said, you know, once once my clients get over 70 and a half, it's, it's kind of just set them on coast, right? There's not a lot I can do for them anymore and they're just going to kind of live out the retirement. There's not a lot of strategy you can put into place and uh, everything that we do here everything that i believe in completely contradicts that so even once you're retired even if you're 80 years old there are still strategies that you can implement Uh, there's still maintenance that needs to be done on your plan it's just a lot like your lawn right your lawn is nice and green but it's only going to stay nice and green if you keep it keep it up and your retirement plan is the exact same way but i don't want you to start once you retire. This retirement planning and the maintenance and the evolution of your plan should start well before you retire, ideally. Now, I get it. Sometimes life happens, procrastination happens, and you don't really start focusing on this stuff until it kind of smacks you in the face. But So whatever whatever phase of your life you're in right now, there are things that you can put into place that will help you put you yourself in a better place at point of retirement, but also 20 years into retirement.
1: Okay, Lauren, I've been... Listening to you, trust me, I'm, I'm tuned in to the words you're saying. But i am also been thinking about this axe throwing thing. Do you oh. throw, <laughs> do you <laughs> throw <laughs> with one hand or two? And one. is it overhead, like centered on your body? Is it more off to the side?
2: I've always thrown with one hand. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's basically a hatchet. It's 16 inches in length, and it's probably about two pounds. It's not that heavy. And so I'm off-centered to the target because I line up my shoulder
1: like a dart? A little like dart throwing? Much like darts.
2: Much, much but like bigger. Dark. But bigger. But bigger, but, but you don't have to throw it hard. Uh, there are some people that throw it really hard. And I don't. I just kind of.
1: Your game is a finesse game. Finesse. Finessing the Axe. That's right. Burning question ahead of me. I mean, that's his next book. <laughs> right there, the title.
2: I think we got an idea. There it <laughs> is. Finessing
1: the Axe by Lauren Merkel. <laughs>
2: We'll put it right on the shelves next to the retirement planning book.
1: (laughs) If you'd like to learn more about what we're talking about right here on this podcast, Retiring Today, here are a few resources to check out. MerklePlan.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E-P-L-A-N.com. We've got some resources on there, some some guides, five things you need to know before you retire. We do education classes if you want to check those out. YouTube. It's a fun place to go. They've got lots of great videos. And you know what they've got there? We've got a YouTube channel. What is it?
2: Merkel Retirement Planning.
1: So on there, you can see clips from the television show that we do Um, different things about the secure act. We talked to an estate planning attorney. We talked a little bit about senior living today. We talked to an expert. We brought an expert on our show to talk about all the different choices you have when you are looking at a senior living community. And she does a great job of breaking down those options. So check that out uh, for more information on retiring, but always come back to this podcast. It's retiring today. And we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance LLC. Okay, I'll try something. And if we don't if we don't think it hits mark Guys, just give me this single right here. (laughs) Throat slice.
0: Throat slice. (laughs) Lauren will throw an axe at you.
2: (laughs) Right. Most likely I'll hit you too.
0: (laughs) So, no, I'm fast. (laughs)